0: If you had kept your trap shot, there wouldn't have been a fight in the first place. Drop trap it!
1: it. <laughs> Duncan and Bo Come Correct.
0: Part 1. Nana, no. Welcome back to Duncan and Bo Come Correct. Duncan McLeish, you're there. Yes, I am here. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so this week we have uh, returned to our roots in a way. <laughs>
1: yeah, just
0: about. <laughs> with, uh, with two movies that
1: are pretty ridiculous in their own right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was no way. There was absolutely no way we could keep doing shows like the previous couple. I think, I think we, we for the sake of sanity um, between ourselves, we can't keep watching movies. The the, the caliber of World's Greatest Father, and um, we need to talk about Kevin because they're, they're great movies, but you know they're not exactly cheery. Mm-mm. And I would say that both of the movies this week are at
0: least. Uh... It, we'll we'll give you a smile if nothing else.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: So, uh, but before we get into that, uh, let's talk movies uh, that we have seen over the the previous fortnight. Uh, mm-hmm. I am I'm now expertly using that phrase.
1: <laughs> you, I, I was impressed there actually. I, I, I thought this man is speaking with my native tongue. I know, <laughs> I know.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, actually, as I was listening to the last episode. It was it was scary how obsessed I was with it. Um, you
1: were slightly, slightly obsessed.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I like it. I like it. It, it feels Shakespearean. <laughs> like, if I announce that the show was coming out in a fortnight, I feel like a king should be killed. Yeah. So, I, I like that. Um, but over the previous fortnight, uh, we have been watching some movies. Uh, give me a couple that you thought were particularly good. Or terrible,
1: okay. Well, I went to the the cinema, um, to check out the newfound footage affair, uh, called As Above, So Below. Um, I brought my wingman, my horror novice wingman, along with me at the cinema, The Baz, um, to check out that movie, and it was actually a lot better than I was expecting. I, I've kind of already had like a sour taste in my mouth after the previous found footage movie that I saw at the cinema this year, which was Devil's Dew. Um, which was a oh, just a train wreck of a movie that I kind of really, really wasn't bad. expecting. Oh, it is really bad. <laughs> um I was kinda expecting, you know, nothing really much from another large studio putting a found footage movie out. Um the trailer had kind of piqued my interest because it kind of looked like across between the descent which is like one of my favourite horror movies of all time and The Borderlands which is one of my favourite horror movies this year. <laughs> um so uh, it kind of look across between them there is descent elements in it um the thing I would say about the movie is that it's not the most original thing you'll ever see. Sure. Um you've pretty much seen everything in this movie done in some capacity before but not necessarily all in the same movie. So it kind of feels like the horror found footage equivalent of a National Treasure, the Nick <laughs> Cage. Okay, all right. That's and, and if you get an opportunity to check it out, you'll see what I mean. There's a lot of people being stuck in rooms and having to decipher codes from a book left from a father, um, which describes things, you know, there's a lot of that. But at the same time, there's a lot of really kind of cool, interesting ways that they've handled certain horror aspects. Because basically the whole film, and I'm not taking anything away, if you've seen the trailer, you will understand this. The the whole the whole thing about this movie is kind of referenced around Dante's Inferno, is the descent into hell. And a lot of that works really well. I think that the ending didn't necessarily work for me as well as I was hoping it would but I don't know if I I see it a second time if I'll just get on board with it a lot more. The way the film was moving, I expected a different sort of ending. The ending I got caught me a bit by surprise and I don't quite know yet if I like it or if I don't. But as fan footage films go, this year it was one of the better ones. Um, I, I would recommend everyone check it out. I'm not necessarily saying go to the cinema and see this, but check it out when it comes to to either your VODs or your you know your Blu-rays or whatever. Just 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 to see. How a I, I kind of studio can do something, which is a bit more interesting with a subgenre of horror, which is fairly tired. So, um, yeah, so I think it's worth checking out. Yeah,
0: um, I know Jamie Jenkins, whom I've never met, but I've heard much <laughs> about. Uh, I, I hear that she enjoys that quite a bit, that she she was a big fan.
1: Yes, yeah, she told me. I've just actually finished recording with that lady um, just before recording just now, and she was telling me that she has put out a, a challenge to you that if you do go and see it, Bone, you don't like it, she'll give you your money back.
0: I know. I it, I appreciate that, but that also <laughs> means I have to go to the theater to see As Above, So Below, and I, I, you know, based on what you're telling me, I almost feel like I wouldn't be missing that much if I just wait till that hits you know like you said yeah, vod I, I, or yeah. netflix or whatever i
1: i, I mean there's a, there's a cool aspect to seeing it in the cinema and that the the sound design really quite cool in certain sections like like with the catacombs being quite echoey and the very sparse sound that in a cinema environment you'll get a lot from that um it's nothing that can't be replicated if you don't have a really good sound system in your house oh, so oh i have a good, good, good sound good, system sir <laughs> yeah so so you you, you know what i mean then you're 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 not going to. It's not. It, it's not a prerequisite that you have to see this movie in the cinema. I think it it might aid certain things, but um, I don't think it's the be all and end all. So okay. All right. Well, what else has got you fired up? Well, out with that uh, is revisiting some older movies because uh, my podcast this month, um, towards the the later part of the month, probably towards the end, actually, uh, will be releasing the very uh, special table the second episode. Which is a look at the the horror works of one Dario Argento, aka the Italian Hitchcock. Sure. Um and so uh, before we record that, I've I've told my guests that are coming on that they don't need to have seen every Argento horror movie to take part in it because I think between us all we have seen them all, but I have intend my mission is to watch them all again. So there's nineteen movies on that list. Nineteen movies. So I have started with haste going through the, the, the movie list. And I'm going to try and do them in order as well. And um, what we was saying just with Jamie just before this is how in awe I am of that man's first decade of cinema. Um, and in the 1970s, his first decade of making movies, he did Bird with Crystal Plumage, Cat and Nine Tails, Four Flies on Grey Velvet, Deep Red and Suspiria, um, which... Uh, are just some of the best Jalo works ever made, um, as well as Suspiria, which is like one of the greatest horror movies ever. Um, so, I, you know, it, it just blows my mind how how phenomenal that director started, and whilst I have not seen all his movies towards the end of his career, um, there are there are gaps there. Some of these movies in the nineties and in the two thousands um, that I still need to check out. Um, kind of just checking out some of the ones at the beginning have kind of reaffirmed my faith that his name definitely, definitely is um, is deserved sitting amongst the the masters of horror. I think. Um, even though he claims certain he claims his giallo films are not horror movies he would class them as more thriller and i can see where you're going with that but i think there is a very thin line that separates a giallo from a slasher movie so right. and there's a um,
0: particular maliciousness to oh yeah his movies the the giallo stuff so yeah i think just the mean spiritedness of them makes them horror yeah. more than thriller.
1: So yeah, it's it's been really good, kind of reconnecting. He is he's a director that I I, I really find quite interesting, not only because I like the vibrancy of the, the things like blood. You, gentle blood is like is like hammer blood, you know what I mean? It's very very exaggerated and red and um, and the kills like you were saying and and some of the, the you know some of the sequences. Should, but I think it's just these visual eye. Some of the 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 shots that he's put together or the camera angles or the weird movements of a camera i think it's like when you watch like Tenebrae, for example there's a there's a murder sequence where it's in a house and the camera's in a room and the killer's the killer's downstairs and i think the woman's upstairs so the camera zooms it comes out the window of the house and then moves up the building and then comes back in an upstairs window and it's it's shot so fucking well that you know he's he's always been a really interesting director to me. So um, yeah, just going back over his stuff's been a real highlight. So uh, it's most most of my next couple of weeks will be taken up with Argento movies. So um, really enjoying that. What about yourself? Anything you've seen recently you've liked or not liked? Or uh, I've got one of each. Oh. Um. I saw. Uh, first of all,
0: well done with Argento. I I, I oh. should do that at some point. Myself, because <laughs> there I've got gaps even in the early years. Like I've never. I've never seen bird with a crystal plumage.
1: Oh man, that's such a good movie. Yeah, so I. You need to check that. As a first movie, it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, so I'll, I, that may be the next thing I do because I've I've been uh, as I mentioned uh, in the previous episode on right. a Hammer run. So I've been yeah, watching yeah. All, the, all the Dracula all the Hammer Dracula films, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh in order, and I watched the first two, uh, which is Horror of Dracula which is, you know, first appearance of Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing and in their respective roles as Dracula and Van Helsing. And it's kind of loosely based on the Bram Stoker novel, but it's like, you know, Harker is in on it from the beginning. Like he knows Dracula is a vampire from jump and, you know, Peter Cushing in typical Peter Cushing fashion doesn't really show up for the first half of the movie and then just strolls in and, you know, steals the show. I love his pronunciation of evil. Uh, I think that's really wonderful. <laughs> a great evil has come to your village. Uh, it's, oh, just wins my heart every time. But, all right, so I saw that and I, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to watch. And But then I watched The Brides of Dracula, which Christopher Lee is not in, but is technically the sequel to horror of Dracula.
1: Oh, right. I don't think I've seen this one at all. And
0: I prefer it in almost every way, even though Christopher Lee is not in it. There is no Dracula in Brides of Dracula. It is instead uh, the story of another village, another vampire who um, is chained up by his mother when she realizes what he is. And she seduces not seduces she lures young women to the castle for him to feed and in this case it's a uh, a woman who is uh, going to a nearby boarding school to be an instructor there and she ends up freeing the vampire Mm -hmm. and then van helsing shows up you know (laughs) so peter Cushing is in it but it is genuinely really creepy there is this like assistant uh or or housekeeper of the castle after the the vampire gets loose that kind of helps him out with making some vampire brides for himself Mm -hmm. and there's a scene where when one of the women that uh the vampire has bitten who and who by the way is the weakest part of the movie like he looks like a 1960s pop singer (laughs) And it's really distracting. His hair is a little too wavy, but, uh, but anyway, so he, he, you know, bites a local chick and she's buried in the nearby cemetery, which is right off the square in the movie, because I guess budget, but doesn't matter. And the housekeeper is laying on the grave and coaxing the girl out of her coffin. And it's a really creepy scene. Like, you know, for a Hammer movie in 1960, I want to say, maybe even 59, um, it was a kind of a disturbing moment where I was like, eh, that's that's not how old women should behave. They should be baking cookies, not luring (laughs) vampire women out of their caskets and cackling madly. That doesn't seem healthy. (laughs) So I was like, Nana, no. Uh, But... Yeah, so but that's been really fun, and I'm looking forward. I think the next one I've got is uh, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, I believe is next in line. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, super fun. Love the Hammer movies. They are very silly. I love it when like Peter Cushing gets in a scuffle with someone. Cause he telegraphs those throws so much. It's just fantastic. It's like, he's on the, you know, the, uh, the bridge of the enterprise when they're trying to avoid something, He's just flinging himself across the room. It's terrific. I've enjoyed those quite a bit, really, uh, really charming films and, and kind of creepy in their own right. But then I saw a movie that made me question whether movies are a good idea. Oh dear. And that movie was Kevin Fever, Patient Zero.
1: Oh, right. Ah, I see. Right, because we spoke about this briefly on grave Shift. Yeah. When I was on it, it was one of the news stories and I said that I just didn't understand why we were getting a prequel to that movie at all. I didn't understand where they were going to take it and was there any need for it. And, and you sounded kind of almost optimistic about I, this movie. I was. I was foolishly optimistic. <laughs> right. So, so, tell us.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's... It is, uh, I think the way I described uh, in the review, which you can read at legionpodcasts.com, I said that it was like the filmmakers had been told the story of, of Cabin Fever through a game of telephone played by autistic children. So... I mean, they don't seem to understand what was kind of creepy about the original Cabin Fever. I mean, Cabin Fever 2 isn't very good, but there's a lot of reasons for that, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. A lot a lot of story about Ty West and, and his role in that. But I don't know. I thought maybe you could do a prequel and set it in this kind of confined space, like this laboratory environment. And I like sort of scientific thrillers like the andromeda strain and stuff like that and i don't expect cabin fever patient zero to be the andromeda strain don't get me wrong yeah but i i do think there's a way to include that kind of medical thriller aspect to it even lightly and make it kind of interesting and of course that's not what the filmmakers do they just do a bunch (laughs) of dumb shit and throw it on the screen it has the most unlikable protagonists i've seen in a movie in some time Uh, again, referring (laughs) to my own review, but they throw the word bro around a little too much for me.
1: Uh, no
0: come on, bro. What's going on, bro? I just, (laughs) uh, all right. So I'm, I'm already kind of fed up with this. And once the, uh, infection breaks out, there are cabin fever zombies or something where they're, you know they're, they've just got shitty prosthetics on on their faces and throw some blood on them and then they kind of stumble around and one of them was shooting at the i, I hesitate to use the word heroes um the a- other actors in the movie and you know some of them just get up and lurch at people and it was like that i don't remember the disease doing that to folk but i don't remember the second one too well anyway it's trash it's just <laughs> garbage cover to cover it's poorly written. Uh, another thing I pointed out in the review that really pissed me off is I don't like characters being inconsistent, especially in the same scene. Mm-hmm. And and it, follow me if you will. There are there are two brothers, uh, who are kind of fucking the same girl, and but they don't. The younger brother doesn't know that the older brother had this affair, so. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't even remember why, but a third character, a friend of theirs, is trying to either distract them or get away or something. And brings up this affair. Is like, well, your brother's, you know, fucking your girlfriend. And they start the brothers start arguing, naturally. And then person number three, who started the argument by dropping this little tidbit of knowledge, says, hey, why are we fighting? We got things to do. And it's like, motherfucker, you are the one that started all this. If you had kept your trap shut, there wouldn't have been a fight in the first place. Anyway, it just that kind of shit drives me crazy.
1: God. So, so what you're what you're saying is that that this is a, a movie that's missable. Oh, it, not just missable.
0: <laughs> I am actively telling you, don't see this movie. Don't waste your time, even if you're slightly curious. That curiosity is misplaced. You know, watch as above, so below. I haven't even seen that movie and I know it's better. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this will be on my worst of the year list faux sure. <laughs> show. Oh, yes. It's, yeah, um... it's, it, it's not as offensive to me as Aftershock was because I think that movie is offensively bad. <laughs> but I think this movie is just nonstop bad. There's just mm-hmm. there's never a point when I'm watching that movie that I think I'm watching something good. I was never yeah. tricked. So yeah, it was from jump terrible. But so those are the uh the films of note for me this week. Uh anything else before we get going? I'm kind of excited to we're we're kind of talking monster movies this week and
1: Yeah, yeah. This is this is gonna be a lot of fun. So I think we just get into it.
0: All right, we'll be right back with my pick for Duncan. Uh, A little tidbit called Trailer Park of Terror.
1: Part 2. Pissing Acid.
0: Alright, so my pick to Duncan is a bit of a buried treasure for me. I hadn't even watched it in a while. But as I was going through some uh, of my movies, I ran across it again and remembered really enjoying it. So I I threw it back in for another watch. And sure enough, I really do enjoy this movie. Uh, It's called Trailer Park of Terror. It was... Released in 2008, uh, the synopsis is: Six troubled high schoolers and their leader become lost after their bus crashes during a raging storm. They seek refuge for the night in an abandoned trailer park managed by a sexy woman, Norma. And that is all of the uh, the synopsis. Uh, it's worth pointing out Norma is played by an actress named Nicole Hiltz, um, who I I think is fantastic in this, but it's really up to Duncan. So Duncan. What did you make of Trailer Park of Terror?
1: Right, so um, I had never heard of this movie before, but I had seen the cover artwork before. It had been on, it's been on Amazon Prime Instant Watch for ages on the horror bit that I've been going past. And every time I saw the poster, I thought, "That, look, that looks quite interesting." I need to give it a watch. Never done it, so um, I, I kind of. It was, it was actually good to find out that one I could get, because I know you were concerned I might not be able to track down the movie, but I got it, and I didn't have to pay for it, because I'm already paying for it, so um, so so jumped in to check this movie out, and I kind of have mixed feelings about it, if I'm honest, Bo, there's, there's a lot that I think is really cool in here, I think there's some pacing issues... Um, mm-hmm. Which and to be honest with you, the pacing issues are more towards the the first half of the movie, not the second half of the movie. Because when this movie gets going, it goes, um, it goes with great pace right towards the end. Um, so w- what we're basically given is we're given, um, we're given this uh, uh, this scene of this trailer park where pretty much everyone's fucking obnoxious. Like, that's the first thing we. They're all quite horrible people, and we have one woman who's trying to escape. She's trying to get out, better life and all the rest. And um, basically, what we have is that they won't let her go. And in an altercation, the guy that's taken her away is pushed onto these, what do you call them? Like like fence spikes, yeah. like steel bars, like almost rebar spikes, right? And He falls into that and dies. So she uh, storms off, and she bumps into this guy who I'm assuming plays the devil. Yeah, you gotta
0: think so. He, he's yeah. pissing acid or something so
1: yeah delightful character sure. brilliant character <laughs> honestly this guy is this guy is like uh, to me one of the best things in this movie for the short time he's on because i think he just nails it um and he basically is speaking to her and you know he, he you know through the conversations pretty much saying you know i know you're never really going to Move past what you are, and you just need to accept that. And but that's not your fault. It's because people have held you back. And the only way to really get round them is, you know, you've got to confront these people. And and a deal with her, which I don't think she knows what her end, what her, what he's expecting. He gives her a gun, yeah. and she goes back and she wipes at the whole town. Bef- well, I say town trailer park. Um, before blowing it up, um, which basically curses the area. It means that it's cursed now. And she is almost the ringleader of a group of undead, but they're dead, but they're undead, but they're like ghosts, but they're not ghosts, um, of all these trailer park people. So then we, we get a really good montage sequence where we find in the credit sequence that over the next couple of decades, people have went missing. So we then follow a group of uh, high school children um, and their their kind of camp leader or whatever making a journey through and unfortunately their bus uh, becomes incapacitated and they end up having to spend the night at this abandoned trailer park and very much like the synopsis says they bump into this very kind of sexy looking over-the-top character called Norma and through a series of... At first, stories um, which I really enjoyed. All the characters are like individually then picked off, and a series of oh, the, the the circumstances are to me the bit that sell this movie is the elaborate ways. Some of these kills are absolutely phenomenal, um, and that I just have never seen them done before in other movies, and that's kind of where it goes. I like the... I, I I didn't know this was based on a comic book until about 10 minutes ago. So um, so I've never read the comic book, so I don't know how true it is to the original subject matter. Um, some of the things I like about this, the, the central performance by the normal character is brilliant. She's really, really entertaining in this. In and the very beginning we see it as almost this kind of mild, meek-mannered sort of individual who's been bullied. But obviously through time from this deal... She's just pissed off. She's just had enough. Her patience is a, a, yeah. a you know it's a hairline by now because she's just doomed to to repeat the same sort of things over and over again, preying on people that accidentally come across the trailer park. So um so we're, we're, she's she's a great character in this. The the kill effects, the gore effects are really really good, and most of them are practical, which I, I enjoy as well. There's a couple of CGI things, but nothing too offensive, um, which I quite liked as well. The makeup they use on the the kind of the the, the like the, the undead fucking guitarist and things like that's really cool as well. My biggest gripe is that from that opening sequence, which is really really cool, and then we have to get. To know these obnoxious teenagers, we're stuck with those obnoxious teenagers for quite a wee while before the thing starts to pick up and the killing starts to happen. And I found myself picking up my phone and checking out like Twitter and Facebook and things like that while that was happening because, other than the character who eventually survives, and I know she's the one you're supposed to feel for, and all the other characters were really, um, really annoying. Mm-hmm. And I I found that it wasn't annoying in the fact that, oh, I can't wait to see you die. I just found them annoying. I'd, and if that's the intention of the writer and the director is those characters are annoying, then they have achieved that with a, a giant tick. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just don't, I just, I, I found myself just kind of like, when's this going to pick up? When's this going to get going? And the movie is it's, it's about an hour and a half long. And that's what, when I say, when things do kick off, like when the killing does start to happen, this movie then starts, because you have to go through all the teenagers one at a time, um, and the, the deaths are excellent. They're very elaborate, very over the top, and very goofy in some places, and um, very comic book, so to speak. So when it does start happening, I'm 100% with it, um, I just feel that, not that it's a missed opportunity but um, the, the, you could have maybe taken ten minutes out of this film and it wouldn't have harmed it at all I think it would have strengthened it either that or you know, a bit more work on some of the characters, just kind of flesh them out a bit um, on certain ones would have been good as well overall I thought it was, I, I thought it was a, a, a fairly entertaining movie I just, I, like I say, I just felt it was a I the this sort of movie doesn't need too much downtime and I felt that there was too much downtime towards the beginning and that to me is like a black mark against it.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. I you know, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, but having seen it before, I kind of know the back end that's coming. So as yeah, I'm yeah. watching I'm like, okay, okay, we you know, we get through the kid stuff and then once it it kicks into gear, it it like you said, it just doesn't stop. For yeah. uh, the last, you know, 40 minutes of the movie really is just bang, bang, bang.
1: And it's really, the, the, the deaths are really good in this movie. That's, I mean, I, there was a lot of them, you could kind of see where the setup was going. But it's the payoff that worked for me each time. I, I I got the feeling that people were having a lot of fun making this movie.
0: Yeah. And I really like the rockabilly zombie quite a bit. <laughs> I think that's a, a fun character and when he blows himself up on one of his minds and then is being duct tape and stapled back together. And Norma <laughs> is kind of giving him shit for it. Like I told you not to mess with those claymores. And I, I think that scene is kind of wonderful. Like all, everything you've said about it is totally accurate in that there is, uh, there is a stretch there where there's not a lot going on and the character work isn't great, mm-hmm. but there are also moments in this movie that are kind of unforgettable to me. Uh, oh, yeah. That make it, that, that make up for that in terms of just a, a viewing and a recommendation. And I thought, uh, again, the the uh, Norma character, Nicole Hiltz, is just so good in this.
1: Oh, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. I don't know how she went on, has she done anything else since this, Bo? Because I feel like if she hasn't, then people are missing, especially in the horror genre, people are missing out on a, a potentially really good kind of character actress. Yeah, she's done a lot of television,
0: which is and a couple of movies here and there, and I, uh, uh, which is a shame because I would love to see. Th- this is actually one of those handful of movies where I wish there were a sequel to it because I think the sequel could be even better than this.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that because you could almost forgo a lot of the setup and just get to the, the kind of quirky. So th- there is almost like, see so when like the one of the characters starts doing a. I think it's a normal character actually starts doing like a, like almost like a campfire tale. Yeah. Where she's describing a particular sequence where she's leaving as, I'm assuming it's her mother, who's a like a porn star, but not a porn star, gets in an argument with a guy about whether or not it's okay for them to do her up the ass. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> like that, that's, that to me, it, it kind of felt like, I was like that. See, if a couple of more of these sort of kind of campfire stories, you could have like the possibility of really interesting, almost like an anthology sort of thing going. Because I, 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 kind of felt like even some of the deaths were played out that way, which was really quite interesting. And like I say, they had a particular look. You're saying that there's there's memorable moments. Every single, every single one of the deaths in that movie is memorable. Every single one of them. And there's very few movies can say that every single one of the deaths in it are memorable. So yeah, there's there's a lot that in my opinion works really well within this movie. Um, like you say, if i if I watch it if I sit down and watch this movie again, which I actually might to be honest with you, um, I'll know that, you know, you just need to persevere through this first half an hour and then you get a, a bit of some stuff picking up and then, you know, the last forty minutes. And it really is the last forty minutes is just wall to wall. Excellent setup, execution, setup, execution. So, and I quite liked the way the ending went as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think, I, it certainly, because you had originally suggested another film, which isn't necessarily within this sort of wheelhouse of what I had suggested to you. This one certainly feels like a better fit. And I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I, like I just say, like watching it for the first time and having that that kind of laggy beginning. Is something that I, I wasn't expecting. And I don't know why not, because a lot of horror movies do that. That's why you get your setup. You get your setup, you introduce the characters, and then you've got a bit of time, and then everything kicks off. I think it was because most of the characters are so obnoxious that that time with them just felt like it was dragging. And I, I don't know why. Well, and I, I think
0: one other thing to point out here is the joy that is the character of Stank. <laughs> who gives uh, a monologue about making jerky as he's skinning uh, a poor chap. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> is is one of my favorite things ever. As I was watching that, I was really laughing at how ridiculous, <laughs> you know, he is curing this guy as he hangs on a hook. It's just, it's ridiculous. And there's, there is like a crash derby in the middle of this movie for no good reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It, I mean and it doesn't go on for very long, but there's a moment where it's like, oh, we're in a demolition derby with one person and a couple of zombies for again, no seemingly no reason other than to have a, an undead demolition derby. And I can respect that level of silliness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it does it plays it does play to a kind of over exaggerated, almost character caricature Thing to do with trailer parks, and I quite like that. If I'm honest, I think uh, I think now works really well. And then coming away finding out that it is based on a comic book, um, or an adaptation of a comic book, that makes complete sense. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The the other thing I w- I would
0: uh, mention real quick too is the uh, I think her name is Lurleen in the movie that mm-hmm. I smell meat <laughs> yeah. is just horrifying to me.
1: Yeah, they're, they're... she. <laughs> yeah i don't understand i don't understand how because the assumption is that if you live in a trailer park it's because you're maybe devoid of funds sure you they can't yeah how so many of them can be so obese well <laughs> just i just put that out there. yeah 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 i mean i think
0: statistically let me drop some science on you here duncan
1: oh, um
0: drop it. <laughs> it, it's because they generally buy the cheapest foods which are the most processed. Of foods, yeah, right. and it's full of fat, then. yeah, it's not so much that they're just eating, you know, a shit ton of stuff, but everything they're eating is unhealthy, you know, right? There, right. There's no legitimate like, uh, with like the food stamps and stuff in this country, you can kind of buy just about anything that's grocery like, so you know, it's not like just well, mean potatoes and vegetables, and that's all you get, poor people. Um, and yeah, so as a result, they, you know, stretched the the funds with just really shitty foods like Little Debbie Brownies don't cost nothing. I know I've got like 20 cases <laughs> stocking up for the apocalypse because I, I, let's face it in an apocalypse when that happens. You're gonna need a brownie time to time, just to cheer you up.
1: Yeah, of course. You and you will have it. You'll have it set on your watch, brownie time.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: right, right. Well, we have
0: to kill rotting cannibal marauders, and then after that, brownies and milk. It'll be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's uh, let's move on to your pick for me, mm-hmm. uh, which stars an ape person, Andy Serkis. <laughs>
1: yeah. We'll be right back. Part 3 Monkey Gollum. And welcome back. So, my choice for Bo, kind of keeping the theme of the kind of silly, dark, nasty little horror comedy sort of thing, um, was 2008's The Cottage. Um, It was a UK movie, uh, which I saw at the cinema. Um, Funny story about that, Bo. Uh, Went to the cinema with my wife, um, and she wanted to see Step Up that horrible dance sort of movie. Right. And I refused to go. So I went to see The Cottage and she went to see set, uh, step up. So we both went to different movies in the same cinema and then met up at the end. So <laughs> I think you made the right choice. I think I did as well. Um, so, yeah, the movie was directed by Paul Andrew Williams. And like uh, Bo had just said there, yeah, it stars Andy Circus. Reese Shearsmith, who you may know from the League of uh, Gentlemen, mm-hmm. uh, and Jennifer Ellison, who kind of—I'm uh, trying to think—I put this—a claim to fame in the UK before doing this was a television program called Brookside, which was like a uh, like a soap opera, but it was like the worst soap opera. Um, it was on channel 4 over here and uh, it was set in Liverpool uh, so she's a scouser um, so, and her accent is heavily Scouse, even in this and yeah she was, she was kind of known as a bit of eye candy in that and in this she's she's quite tidy until she opens her mouth um, <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> you also get a really really cool cameo from uh, Pinhead himself Doug, uh, Doug Bradley he makes an appearance so Bo I selected this for you um, the synopsis is in a remote part of the countryside, a bungled kidnapping uh, turns into a living nightmare for four central characters when they cross paths with a psych- psychopathic farmer, and all hell breaks loose. What did you make of the college?
0: I I thought it was almost like from dusk till dawn, the extremely British version. <laughs> <laughs> because, because it has a very british sense of humor like as i was watching it i the i, I kept thinking like i bet duncan fucking loves this movie
1: oh yeah it, I, I do I, yeah this is this is a, this is a lot of fun in me the, so. well
0: the amount of profanity particularly from uh what's her name tracy in the movie yeah. uh particularly from her who reminds me in a weird way of carol cleveland hey uh,
1: Kyle Cleveland. What's she, been? What's she, she was
0: in? the female monty python member essentially
1: oh, just yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. busty
0: blonde but is also you know blessed with some comedy chops as well
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: I know, I know what you mean yeah and and so i i was reminded of that but she's hilarious in this movie up to and including her death spoilers <laughs> uh because she totally asked for it like that that was a death that i was so happy to see happen and when she starts giving the killer shit, yeah. uh, uh, you know about killing um, Andy Circus's brother. I can't think of his name now in the movie, but um, when she is like giving the killer shit about killing him and calling him a pussy and tell him to hurry up and do it, and there's a look <laughs> that passes between killer and victim there, where it's just like, hey, I know, you know, like if you're gonna kill me, fine, but that's not gonna stop. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was really wonderful. Uh, it's like I said, it's a very British film. It's it's filled with British humor, which involves a lot of you know profanity uh, at the expense of of good taste, which uh, yeah. I I really enjoy. Uh, Rhys Shearsmith is very funny in it as well. His his absurd fear of moths is oh it, god just tremendous. Like the way that that plays into the plot a couple of times is really good. Uh, Andy Circus who is a monkey person as we all know um uh, and a golem he's a golem and a monkey person he's really a monkey golem um but, a monkey
1: golem uh, yeah that's a thing bo's just Im- bo's just invented a new species on the podcast it's
0: we are so far along in genetic research right now monkey golem was going to happen sooner or later <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but if i hadn't if i hadn't before some scientists listen to this has now got a fucking idea bo right right he's <laughs>
0: like um yeah like what what if we had a creature that looked at a banana and called it his precious <laughs> Oh precious peel my precious
1: <laughs> oh, that should, that should be the name of this episode. Oh. Peel My Precious. Peel My Precious,
0: that needs to be the All name. Right. All right, we can make that happen. Um, Yeah, so he's... It, it's fun to see him, like, out of a, a mo-cap suit and just being an actor. Yeah. And he's really good. Like, he's good in the motion capture stuff. He's good in this. He's very funny. Um, he He's a good character, you know, in that he's the older brother, but kind of the ne'er-do-well and... You know, the relationship between uh, him and Reese Shearsmith, who's his brother, and they own their mother's house together. But again, you know, Andy Serkis, uh David, that's his name in the movie, is, you know, obviously kind of a criminal, ties to the underworld and stuff. I mean, the, the whole kidnapping revolved around the daughter of the owner of a strip club that he frequents. So he's not, you know, the, the most upstanding citizen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So, you know, the kidnapping is really fun. And then uh, as I alluded to with the, uh, from Death Till Dawn reference, it it does take a turn, a left turn at the halfway point of the movie where it's like, Oh, this isn't really a kidnapping movie. This is a movie about a deformed farmer (laughs) who is, you know, killing people and cutting off their hands and collecting their heads and, and that kind of thing. And you know, the, the movie does a nice job. Like the the thing that I, I find thematically strong about this movie is that the sense of humor never changes, even though the the tone kind of does, where it shifts mm-hmm. from like a crime movie to more of a horror film. Mm-hmm. But it it keeps that same sense of humor that lets you know, like it's okay. We're you know you're gonna see some stuff that's kind of gross, but at the end of the day, we're all here to have a good time and um yeah i really enjoyed it I, I i thought all the performances were really good i think the makeup on the farmer there are a couple of scenes where you can kind of see that mask moving a little bit yeah 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 uh yeah. which is a little unfortunate but you know it's a kind of a low budget horror flick i'm not gonna uh hold hold too much against the movie for something like that um the rest of the effects are really fun the characters are really fun what's uh andrew the um, oh,
1: the dim-witted brother is absolutely one of the Oh,
0: he is just the dumbest, and it, like the the look of exasperation on Andy Circus's face <laughs> when he pulls out the mask that he picked up, and it's it's like the, <laughs> the the type of ski mask that doesn't cover the face, just just like the skull and neck, exposing him completely in the midst of this crime. And uh, yeah, yeah, just Andy Circus is just fed up level of uh you know all, all near violence really yeah is just tremendous it's so funny and yeah yeah like again jennifer ellison is, is super funny in it and <laughs> the <laughs> when, when she keeps kicking the shit out of reese shearsmith like every step of the way she is hitting him or kicking him or yeah it's just fantastic like that kind of slapstick stuff will land with me just about every time um yeah it, like a very very fun movie it's not it's it's lightweight you know it's not a movie that walking away from it like you know there uh we need to talk about kevin where you're like yeah. oh man you know that's a movie that's gonna stick with me like the cottage isn't disposable or anything but it's also not a movie like two days from now i won't be thinking back on the cottage and yeah, pick apart the intricacies of it, but uh, if I want to watch a, a good horror comedy, it, it, almost in the vein of something like Black Sheep, is, is another yes. movie I would throw into this category of, mm-hmm. you know, very gory. Uh, because the part where he gets his foot cut off is so funny. Anyway,
1: oh my god, yes. Uh,
0: but kind of gory, but but light heartedly so, and uh, and definitely knows what it is and is enjoying being that. Uh, and and has good performances and you know there's a little stinger on on the end of it that is kind of disposable but eh, whatever i'd be fine if there were a cottage too um particularly if you could find a way to bring back andy circus which is you know probably impossible at this point but yeah (laughs) um but I, i would also i would also be fine if he came back as a motion captured ape (laughs) <laughs> that it was it was like the farmer who at the end of the movie is in theory dead but he could always you know not have been choked all the way or something and then you have Andy Circus as a monkey golem that is his pet so uh I that would be maybe the greatest movie that ever that would ever be made
1: <laughs> yeah I think uh, <laughs> uh yeah like you say I I seen this movie multiple times since the cinema, I own it and yeah, every now and again when I want to have a bit of a laugh, I know that I I, I always have films like Shaun of the Dead, Tucker and Dale, The Cottage and another movie which, the original two selections I put forward were Severance, which came out a couple of years before, which is a a kind of similar idea, slightly different but um, watching Severance and watching The Cottage you're not you're watching a very similar movie, just in a different scenario, so um, either one that you would have selected, you would probably have enjoyed equally the same. There'd be no no massive dislike to either one of them because they're, they're basically the same sort of idea. Um, yeah, I think I, this movie is very, very funny, um, not only because of the bad language, but the characters. I think each character of the four, the Andy Serkis, Reese shears Jennifer Ellison and uh, Stephen O'Donnell characters... Each one of them is kind of fully realised on the screen, mm-hmm. um, and I really, really like that because we spend so much time with them. Especially, I love that. I just even the opening shot where you have the shot of the moon, and we're driving along with the car up the windy roads, and then we're coming in, and you. There's no dialogue for like the first three, four minutes. You know, one of them goes into the house and you know sets it, turn the the cooker on, and then the other one comes and sits down, and it's just like the silence. And those sort of things, those small things, you know, like, I mean, they've just shared a car journey for God knows how long up there. They're just in the house. They're probably not going to speak to each other as soon as they're going to the house because they've just been in the car together all the way up there. So it's small details like that, which, you know, in movies, when I notice them, I just go, oh, that's quite clever. The the fact that you get the feeling that Andy Circus's character is... It's probably a really competent, really clever criminal. Yeah, right. Left to yeah. his
0: own devices. Yeah. Probably would have been he, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. But the fact he had to put, he had to rely on his brother, who is completely incompetent, who is is overshadowed by his wife, um, who we never get to see, but we're led to believe is, is a rather robust woman. Um, and, well, you know. you, you do and, see her picture. Because yes, Andy do, Circus sorry. says
0: the whale and the child. That's what he's... Yeah, that's right. That's that, his family.
1: <laughs> so you have uh, that, and then you have the, the Andrew character, who's the brother of Tracy who's being kidnapped. Um, and he's just clueless. He's absolutely useless. In fact, the whole reason that they know about the plan is because he told his hairdresser, <laughs> right. who was then kidnapped by two triads... So, you know, he told his hairdresser, his hairdresser told someone else who then told the club owner. So he knew. So the the ransom money that shows up isn't even ransom money. So he fails on that. The fact that, you know, Reece Smith gets a scare and drops his phone. The only phone they've got in a puddle, which basically renders it, you know, useless. Um, and like you say, the, the first half of this movie is set up like a really bad kind of kidnapping caper, which you get a lot of them in the UK. There's a lot of comedies in the UK, based around you know, feel kidnapping or field crimes or whatever. The second half of this movie is like something from Wrong Turn. Yeah, it like, really is because yeah. that's is essentially what you're you're given this horribly mutated, uh, not mutated, mutilated uh, former farm worker who has had some accident and yeah, the makeup on him isn't great. Um, but you're given him and then he, the fact that he became psychotic about it, um, and then you they end up in his house and his house is just. Creepy. It's like really, really, really creepy. And in the sequences you get from there, I, I love all the killings in this movie. I love the, the kind of gore effects. Practical gore effects are brilliant. It's, it's just one of these films I could throw on, but it's like you say, there's no... there's you're not walking away about this thinking about anything other than you've had a couple of laughs until the next time you watch it. Yeah. And I, I kind of think that's what the movie set to do. And I think it, it achieves that It gets, guess it, it, it certainly achieves what, it, what it sets out to do. And um, from from that point of view, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty, pretty bloody yeah. good. Yeah. It's very funny. And,
0: and, gory when it wants to be and has a you know a fun ending and i i almost stopped you when you were talking about like his brother being in completely incompetent and i was like well compared to andrew he's the most competent kidnapper alive like his, his his brother like peter is not really Good at kidnapping people, but he <laughs> and he uses his name and all that stuff, just inexperienced first timer problems.
1: Oh, problem. god, yeah, that. see when he says, see when he says, um, now, now if you don't, David here and Andy Circus's character through the balaclava just looks at him and the eyes just are fixed on him <laughs> as, as if to say, What have you done? What have you done? And he just keeps staring at him while he's talking, uh-huh. and his look is shock. It's just—it's just good comic acting. It's just really good comic timing. And Andy Serkis is not a guy, unless people know better than me, it's not a guy I would associate with comedy, just because of the majority of voice work he's done. But I would—I would not be surprised if he comes from a background of comedy. Uh, Rhys Shears-Smith obviously comes from a background of comedy, but um, their partnership on screen is like this kind of odd couple brother brother-brother kind of thing is just absolutely brilliant. Their comic timing is amazing.
0: Yeah, it really is. They're, they're very, very funny together. And then you throw Jennifer Ellison in the mix and like her, yeah. her conversations with Reese Shearsmith are really funny too, especially yeah. when his jaw is busted and he can <laughs> barely speak and uh, all that stuff is really good. It's very funny. It's, it's very funny. It, like, you're right. This movie doesn't have ambitions to be you know, Kramer versus Kramer or anything. It just is what it is, but it's a very good version of one of those. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's hash this out in our final segment where we, uh we pit trailer park zombies versus monkey golems <laughs> or potential monkey golems and, potential
1: monkey golems.
0: and, uh, and see who let, let's face it. Somebody is going to pull ahead here.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get, well, Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, don't give it away. Take a break. All right, <laughs> be right back. Part four, the podcast under the scares.
0: So, back to our, our trashy roots. <laughs> we we uh, we have discussed uh, two horror comedies, needing a little levity after last week. So the cottage is a very uh, smart uh, and and baldly funny movie that mm-hmm. also includes uh someone getting their head ripped off by the spine <laughs> and i appreciate that quite a bit uh trailer park of terror is uh you know for for its faults uh has a an undead demolition derby <laughs> so duncan which which do you prefer
1: <laughs> so what a difference to two weeks makes <laughs> right right I think two weeks ago, we're like, so, you know, one deals with the, you know, the father trying to grieve for his son who's committed suicide, and then the other one, you know, it's about a mother trying to get over the fact that her son was involved with a terrible act, and this week we're like, undead, undead. Yeah, yeah. Water no, derbies, and oh my god. It, it
0: just spiders. reflects the agility of this show, moving yes. quickly and gracefully topic to topic.
1: <laughs> right, so if I had to pick one, which I do, because that's if I didn't, then there would be no part of this show. Yeah. Um it would be my pick. It's the cottage. I think the cottage balances the humor, the gore, wonderful characters, um, and and like I say, I don't think there's any downtime in that. I think the downtime that you get in that movie, the bits which are quiet, are incredibly funny, which propels that movie along. And yeah, it's nothing to do with the fact that I've seen it about. 15 times um i i would i would go with the cottage what about
0: yourself sir i would agree i think the co- the cottage is the better movie uh i'm glad i got you to see trailer park of terror though
1: i'm, I'm gonna actually I, i'm gonna see on this show i'm gonna go back and watch it again and see if i still feel the same about the the, the kind of the 25 minutes where yeah. i was like where things were just building up um, and see if I feel the same way because I think the the last half of that movie is a whole hell of a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, or or if you don't want to put yourself through that, watch the first what ten. Yeah, and then, then skip just jump to, ahead. yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean you know that you know you know all you need to know about these kids by that point. So Yeah. Um yeah. Uh yeah, so you are now in the lead. <sighs>
1: Can feel, why do I feel we're going to be tying next week I,
0: Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then
1: you're going to go and delete and then we're going to tie again And
0: I, you know it's not by design but there would be something kind of wonderful about the Duncan and Bo come incorrect being the tiebreaker for the season
1: <laughs> I think it might actually happen
0: that would be kind of
1: wonderful I, I get the feeling that we're, we're probably heading towards that because I think the thing is as well I think we both like we clearly like she'd never seen The Cottage before. And the Cottage is like one of my favorite kind of horror comedies. So we're going to have these, we're going to have these these gems in the closet that the other one hasn't seen. That we'll know when we like. I was I was fairly confident that if you'd saw Severance or, or The Cottage, I was going to win this week because without even knowing what film you'd picked. I mean, I think that one you originally suggested to me we should keep on the back burner for another oh, show because sure, sure. I read a bit into that and it seemed really fascinating. So, um, but yeah, I, I felt quite confident because I know that, I know that the well I laugh a lot at them, um, and I know that you have a fairly skewed sense of humour like myself that I knew that you would laugh at it. So, sure. um, but yeah, definitely, I think I think once again. Both movies are very much, if you've not checked out either one of them, then check them both out. Um, if you've seen one, go check the other one out as well, because, like I say, there's so much about uh, the, the trailer park of terror, which, special towards the end, so many kills that I'm still thinking, you know, I, I watched it today, but when it finished, I was just like, that was really clever, and it, it just feels like a really fun movie um and the cottage feels kind of that same way again i imagine that there was a lot of i'd love to see the outtakes for that movie because i imagine there'd be a lot of laugh, yeah a lot of hilarity laughing on on set and things so yeah yeah that was it was a good one it was good to to take a a week off the the heavy hitting hard stuff um to to let like you see kind of re-engage with her roots yeah um, and, ne- and we'll next see. week schindler's list and sophie's
0: choice <laughs> Continuing our theme of lighthearted films.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, could, you, could you imagine? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you only
0: get to watch the first 30 minutes of Schindler's List.
1: Oh, dear. We did it. It's just
0: the most depressing portion of the film, and you don't get any redemption ever. Um, <laughs> do a supercut of that with the last five minutes of the mist
1: oh my god yeah you just
0: <laughs> you wouldn't want to go on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just thinking about it I barely do <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my but th- god.
0: that's mostly because I haven't had a nap uh with you taking the lead it is uh uh next week I mean those are always, all right so the the week after you pull ahead those are always the most nerve-wracking weeks I think. Because mm-hmm. if you can get two on the other person, I feel like you, you just have so much more breathing room.
1: As yeah, you've got you've got a bit of, you've got a bit of a barrier that you know even if you don't win out on one week, you're still in the lead. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So, but no, neither one of us has experienced that yet. So
0: no, no. I mean, I I, I did have the two in a row. Which got me, yeah, which got me back into the lead, and that has since disappeared because you've pulled two in a row.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, you're yeah. such a son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, it's why I respect you, but god damn it, Duncan, <laughs> <laughs> making me look yeah. bad in front of the Americans. So, <laughs> what what uh, what coming up? Uh, are you excited to uh, to, to be watching?
1: Um, the the big one on my radar just now is the guest, which has just come out over here. Um, it's the new movie by Adam Wingard mm-hmm. um, and the other dude whose name escapes me. Simon but they Barrett. Were, Simon Bar- uh, Barrett. So they did the are Next last year, and uh, this is their next free into movies. Um, so they've done this movie, The Guest, which is getting ridiculously good reviews at the moment. Um, apparently. And maybe less horror than, than than your next but very much heavily rooted in the, the 80s even down to the trailer I was listening to that soundtrack again I was like that's Carpenter again Um, it's apparently a lot of fun and incredibly mean spirit so once again that sounds completely up my avenue so I dare yeah. say I will have checked that movie out before I come back on next actually, I actually still want to check out even though I know it performed poorly I want to see Sin City 2 because I like the first one I think the first one's a really good movie for what it is. It knows what it is. Yeah. Um so I, I'm kinda interested to check that out. And I don't think it, it's
0: just because it didn't do well financially. I don't think that's any reflection of
1: yeah, the quality I, of the I, movie. Yeah, I think I think times are changing and I think uh, I think they were saying themselves that the majority of the blockbusters this year have underperformed. So I think the only one that's performed in fact it performed a lot better than they expected was Guardians of the Galaxy. Everything else is has done not the best of businesses. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that falls into that. I think Robert Rodriguez um, putting out these sort of movies now, I, I don't necessarily... I think when you look back at even even uh, Machete Kills, the second Machete movie, which I enjoyed. I thought it was a stupid movie, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it bombed. And that's because audiences are different now. I think even in the space of five, six, ten years... Audiences taste change and people just are so hooked on superheroes now that I think it's very difficult to market a Sin City or a Machete Kills to people and you know that go to the cinema. I just don't think the audiences are still are still hyped up for that sort of thing. I am, but um I will I will check it out and see see what I think. And obviously, um a ton more of the Argento stuff. So what about yourself? Uh, I am looking forward to I, if memory serves
0: feel like The Babadook is available on BOD in the
1: next week. Oh, you son of a bitch. I hate you.
0: I I think that's right, but I'll have to verify that, but I cannot wait to see that movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much on my list. It's getting a cinematic release in the UK the week before Halloween. So we get it the week before Halloween, and then the week after that we get Horns, which is another movie I really want to see, really want to see that movie, so... It's, yeah, it's one of the very few horror movies that have been released this year that seems to be getting ridiculous praise. And I've got a lot of friends that went to London Fright Fest this year, uh, just like two weeks ago, um, and they saw the movie and the average score uh, that they've given that movie is a 9 out of 10. Wow. Which is ridiculous, ridiculously high. A lot of them come back with 10s saying it stole, the, it stole the weekend of the festival. So I can't wait to see it. I really want to see it.
0: Yeah really looking forward to that and uh, I may be off on my dates but uh that's one that I've got on the radar and uh I also think I, I kind of want to see <laughs> I know I'm just a glutton for punishment um <laughs> I kind of want to see the uh that monsters sequel dark country or dark territory whatever they call
1: it. oh yeah the, uh, yeah I saw the trailer for it It doesn't look look quite interesting, actually. It it
0: looks like a totally different take on the material, which is fine, because I don't think you can make another Monsters and get away with it. Um, Although I I like Monsters quite a bit. But uh, yeah, so looking forward to that, extending deeper into my Hammer uh, horror series, uh, Dracula series. So that has been just a treat. Every time I throw one of those movies on, I couldn't be happier. It it just it feels like coming home in a way um so that and we are starting on grave shift radio uh as i said way into plugs um we're starting the phantasm retrospective oh i love
1: phantasm
0: yeah i think that may be you know i was saying uh on the on the facebook earlier this week that i didn't think there was a a particular franchise that was worthy of of being like this is my favorite franchise because there's so much garbage in all of them that there are a couple of good movies, three if you're lucky, and the rest of them are, are kind of crap. And Phantasm may be the exception to the rule for me. Where yeah. I, I don't think Oblivion is very good, but I think the first three all have something to recommend them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. And uh, we're also doing the Friday the 13th retrospective on uh, Devour the Podcast. Which uh, means I'm watching a lot of these Friday the Thirteenth movies that I haven't seen in years and years, <laughs> and uh, we just did the first one, which uh, is a, a totally enjoyable movie. You know, I'm kind of taking all these movies at face value, trying to ignore as much as I can the historical significance or the fact that it's the fourth one or the eighth one or whatever. Yeah, just individually, and uh, and the first one's a good movie. It's a it's a good slasher. So uh, I always in you know, it, it's not my favorite movie in the world, but I think it is just fine. And if you like slashers by nature, if you're a big slasher fan, it's, you know, clearly one of the better slashers out there. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So watching some more of those, I'll be watching Friday the 13th part two and phantasm. That that uh, doesn't sound terrible.
1: That's, that's, that's how, that's how sounds like a bloody good weekend to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's
0: speaking of plugs. Duncan, yeah, your your <laughs> anniversary is over.
1: So yeah, does that mean yeah. you
0: are not going to do podcasts anymore?
1: <laughs> no, I'm continuing. Oh. Uh, and I'm not changing my podcast name, Bo, to Podcast Under the Scares. That's not going to happen. That is a mistake. My wait, I, this is there's two reasons behind this. <laughs> One, One it's the already first been. reason, right, well, well, <laughs> first, first thing was because. And my podcast has existed for a year You can't go change the name a year into it Because that just confuses people And I'm not going to end up like Prince My podcast will not be known as The podcast formerly known as That's not going to happen right? All right. The second reason My podcast is not under the, under the scares That sounds like I'm hiding from them I confront my scares face to face So a podcast facing the scares Doesn't sound interesting So um, yeah Alright I, I stand by the fact <laughs> that it's a mistake Um
0: <laughs> You know, in in the <laughs> words of Jennifer Ellison from The Cottage,
1: "What are you a pussy?" Plus, plus, I could never in good conscience take forward a name that came out in that absolute shambles of an anniversary message <laughs> from the the Podcast.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh...
1: I although, I, although was, I, I was quite delightful listening to his all Sean Connery. I, I, that was a that was a, a highlight for me. Yeah, and I felt like it was the
0: best Scottish accent I'd done so far.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it was totally. I, I was getting ready to kiss the blarney stone after it. <laughs> is is that Scottish? I don't think no.
0: that's right. I, that Duncan, I don't think you know where you live.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, The Podcast Under The Stairs is continuing on with its top 10 best and worst horror remakes. Um, The new show will be out by the time this, in fact, two shows will probably be out by the time this one is up. Um, The most recent one will be the one with uh, Jamie Jenkins, which I've just recorded today, which we tackled in the worst category, Um, number five on my list, uh, the Black Christmas remake. What a fucking shambles of a movie that is. Oh, just such a messy movie and needlessly messy it's just terrible um and on the best side the blob from 1988 which was absolutely awesome revisiting that one that movie is all kinds of awesome yeah Um, kevin yeager did he direct that hey no 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 um i can't remember chuck russell chuck russell chuck russell directed that and it's 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 one of the i think it's one of the great last films um, where you can chart like truly phenomenal practical effects from the 80s. I think um, things start taking a, a bit of a poor turn after that movie. Yeah. And you start to see a, a big move and the practical effects in that movie are phenomenal and I think they still stand up. So, um, yeah, so that, that'll that be dropping, which is a lot of fun. Midnight Horror Show, um, we finished this week uh, Horror's Biggest Badass, uh, which has been running on for months now. Um, it's a three-way um, fight Between one of our minion listeners, uh, Tabitha Graves, Mm -hmm. um, Jason Voorhees, who is last season's winner, um, and Cthulhu. Um, And at the moment, I think uh, Tabitha Graves is winning, which I think is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think Jason is sitting two points behind her, so I'm encouraging everyone to go across to the Midnight Horror Show page uh, when I'm speaking to them and tell them to vote Jason because... Jason's the only one that can take her down, and Jason needs to. Jason is horror's biggest badass. There's, there's no, there's no getting around that. He is. If there's some great graph that's been circulating uh, the Facebooks recently where they chart the amount of kills each of the giant icons have had, and Jason's like about thirty kills in front of everyone. That could be because he's got like thirteen movies, um, sure. or it could be because he's a complete badass. I opt for the latter. Um, sure. I don't know. I don't know what the topic of conversation is on the show this week and uh, by the time people are hearing this it will have already been recorded so yeah so th- that's that's still a lot of fun to do and um we, we've got like a lot of cool ideas coming up for for october that including at some point this month i think we're doing a round table uh, discussion on stephen king the collective works of stephen king in uh, book and film so uh, if you want involved with that sir you uh, let me know and i will pass it on to danny and we'll get you hooked into that
0: uh, maybe so let me let me uh, let me look at the schedule because we're kind of gearing all the the gaming stuff up too so anything else hey uh, <laughs> i mean that seems like enough i didn't mean to sound accusing when i said that. <laughs> anything else uh, duncan you pussy
1: uh, <laughs> with that not really no like i say just a uh, uh, a lot of watching of our stuff for the the round table discussion which will be a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to that um and then we've got five weeks of Baz versus Halloween. Uh, and then after that, Podcast Under the Stairs uh, becomes Podcast Under the Stairs version 2.0. Um, Podcast Under we'll the Stairs. La- no. <laughs> we will be launching a slightly changed um, layout of the show and um, a, a bit more... I, I can say it on here. Um, I'm kind of looking a bit more into doing... There'll still be movie reviews as such, I don't know if I'll be continuing on the news segment, but I'm kind of wanting to do like uh, recorded intros and outros, which are very similar to the sort of stuff they did for things like War of the Worlds, you know, like Performance Radio. Mm, Um, So almost like a diary, like someone like me reading from a diary at the start of those episodes, but tying it into the theme of the episode. I but it's good I no, I've got a lot of great ideas. It's whether or not I have the time to do them, so we'll wait and see. But that's certainly where I want to take that show at the moment. Excellent. Excellent.
0: So as I mentioned earlier, you can hear me on uh Graveshift Radio and Devour the Podcast, as well as uh uh coming up soon by the time this is out, probably the first episode of Schadenfreude Gaming is oh. the, the name of our gaming extension. And yeah, so that should be up as well. So uh, as always go to legion com. uh, subscribe on iTunes, leave it a, a, leave us a donation. If you like, uh, definitely do the subscribing though. That's where, uh, you get to listen to this show and, you know, uh, devour the podcast and podcast under the scares. And <laughs> I'm just going to start calling it that it's going to catch on. I'll
1: go back. I'll be going. I'll go back to call on this show. Duncan and Bo come clean. Yeah.
0: All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. You called my bluff.
1: Um, <laughs> In the
0: meantime, we will be back in a fortnight. See, I've been so restrained in using <laughs> that, but now now it's time. Now it's time to strike Duncan. Uh <laughs> we will be back in a fortnight with two more movies. If you would like to recommend a movie to either Duncan or myself, uh send us an email at dbccpodcast at gmail.com. And uh if we haven't seen it, then we'll check it out. Um that is all for this week, Duncan. Say goodbye.
1: Bye, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Speak to you very soon.
0: Thanks for listening. Talk to you in a fortnight.
1: Where you have been hiding I wondered when you'd be
0: arriving It's good to see that you're getting out again I know it's hard out in the trenches Looks like you finally came to your senses When your world came crashing in Sit down, relax, take your time